He is alive in the middle of the busyness of our lives. It is in Greek, the tuangelion, the gospel. Before we even went to Rome, Paul wrote ahead, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation for all who believe, who believe in Jesus, who believe that he is the anointed of the Father. It's all about Jesus. When people tried to corral him, to hold him in, to domesticate him, if you will, Jesus said, no, I must preach this gospel, this good news to other villages. For that reason, I have come. I have come to do that. But Theophilus, I hope you catch this journey inside of the gospel. Jesus journeyed. He came from heaven to proclaim and to redeem. He came to Jerusalem, and there he lamented, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that stones the prophets and kills those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? But you would not. He journeyed to Jerusalem, and there outside Jerusalem, he died. He died for, for my busyness that blinds me to my heavenly Father. He died for your busyness that blinds you to the needs of your people. We killed the very Son of God. But God raised him from the dead. His empty tomb barely shouts, You are redeemed. And now he has ascended to heaven and he sent his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to guard us and protect us to wash us in his blood and baptism, and to keep us in that faith. To keep us, he would have us be his children. Paul understood Jesus because he understood the journeying as well. Paul journeyed. Before he died, I helped him dispatch a final letter to Timothy. I don't I don't know if Timothy shared that with the rest of the church or not, but in that letter he wrote, As for you, be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your mission. Theophilus, you and I share in that same mission. I don't know if you remember, in, the, in my first account, I wrote about when Jesus sent the 72 out, he sent them out to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come and is near to them. We have that same challenge, to proclaim that the kingdom is here, right in the midst of us, in the person of Christ. As I sit here in Corinth and reflect on that, that incident of 72, they went out, they did what God, Jesus told them to do, and then they came back, and they had the opportunity to talk to Jesus. Paul had the privilege, he probably wouldn't have called it at the time, to speak to the resurrected Jesus. You and I have not had that. And now Paul is dead, and the first witnesses are dying. Where do we turn? Well, this much I can tell you. Paul did not turn inward. He wasn't hung up on how he felt or what it did to him. Paul, no. 
Paul spent the next three years after that Damascus Road experience reading and rereading scripture in light of Jesus of Nazareth. And his conclusion? Jesus was and is the Christ, the Holy One of Israel, the Anointed, the one to whom the nations would come. The nations, you and I. We have not known these scriptures since our youth as Paul reminded Timothy. Now we're, we're a lot more like Clopas and his friend. We need the Holy Spirit to open the scriptures to our eyes that we can understand. I, I left Rome in such a mess. All my papers and everything is left behind. But when I got to Corinth, when I got to Corinth, Corinth has a copy of those scriptures from your city, Theophilus, from Alexandria, in our language, in Greek. What a blessing. I've been, I've been rereading part of Isaiah. And I'm struck by the contrast in this. Uh, this is the first codex of Isaiah. Near the, near the end of it, there's this contrast between the judgment God has brought against the nations. In particular, Eden is, is singled out. He talks about the sword of Yahweh being drunk with blood. And then he says, the streams of Eden shall be turned into pitch and her soil into sulfur. Her land shall become burning pitch. And then, and then suddenly, in the very next paragraph, there's this huge contrast. This desert that was Zion is suddenly a garden. Listen to what the prophet writes. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the layman leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. Can't you just see Jesus in that? In my first account, there he was, outside of Jericho, sitting there, saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he did. He restored the man's sight. And the man leapt up, glorifying God, following after him. Jesus himself quotes this text from Isaiah when John sends his disciples, when John's in prison. And what does he say? Oh, you go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind see. The lame walk. The lepers are healed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the good news preached to them. Just like the prophets did. Just like Elijah healed Nahum and the leper. Just like Amos preached to the downtrodden of Samaria. Everything that the prophets did, Jesus did, only greater. He healed souls as well as bodies. In my, my second account, I, I recorded for you Peter's Witness there at the Solomon Portico. What did he say? He said, everything that God spoke through the mouth of the prophets concerning his Christ, that he must suffer, he has completed. Repent, therefore, that your sins may be forgiven, and that seasons of refreshment may come to you. Seasons of refreshment. That's what happened when Jesus sat down at table with sinners like you and I. He's truly present in the meal with his body and blood. But it's not just us. It's all creation. Listen to what Isaiah says in that same section. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the hawk of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. Paul would say, Paul actually wrote to, 
the wrong, saying that all creation groans for the revelation of the sons of God. You and I are the sons and daughters of God. And he's talking about eternal refreshments, the refreshment that we receive in baptism that will be renewed to us again this morning in, the, in Holy Communion. He's talking about all of us. He's talking about this way of salvation. Isaiah writes, and a highway shall be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk in the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. That highway we find in Holy Scripture. Israel journeyed through the wilderness to Jerusalem. Jesus as well journeyed to Jerusalem. Because he did, you and I, you and I, brothers and sisters, have become evangelists. We have to speak a word about Jesus. Take Paul's exhortation to heart. As for you, be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your mission. Deliver the good news. Not the news from within. No. The news that comes to us from without. The news of a Savior. The news of this way in the wilderness that has been made clean in the blood of Jesus. For truly, God sends His gospel out through evangelists, including you and I. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.